0: Hey, 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 welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I have a special guest all the way from the United States of America, Sam Coleman, a former NBA basketball player uh, turned real estate professional. And uh, the amazing thing about this speaker tonight, this guest tonight, is we share some very, very interesting mutual uh, background. Many years ago, he used to be an Uber driver. And I used to be an Uber driver as well, so I think it just goes to show that you know where you're starting from doesn't determine where you're going to. And I think on this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about how him and his team, especially, you know, sold over fifty million in real estate in the US, and you know what was the really mindset, how he basically transformed himself to becoming someone that's really really successful uh, in the US right now. So without further ado, do you want to welcome my main man? Mr. Sam Coleman, how are you doing, my brother? I'm exceptional, man. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank you for coming. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, I, I, first of all, I want to give it to your team and my team for making sure this happened. So, you know, so Sam, tell us who, I mean, who are you and how did you literally make your way down to success? Let's, let's talk about the, the background a little bit. Okay. So, um, I've been in the business
1: since 2016, November, 2016 is when I actually got my license and I walked away from basketball in 2015. That was the last time that I professionally played. I, uh, I played for the, uh, Phoenix Suns developmental team. So I played in the G league and I got cut. And when I got cut, I thought that that was the the, the pretty much the main opportunity that I would have to get back to the NBA um, because I had been going through ups and downs through my basketball career, uh, fighting through injuries and um, just struggling to make my way to the NBA from 2010 when I first got my opportunity with the Houston Rockets. Um, then I tore my ACL my rookie season, so I never got to play. Never played an NBA game um, because I was because I got hurt. And then in 2010, 2011, that, that time the NBA lockout happened. So right when I came back to play, there was no NBA to play in. So I had to go to the G league then. And, um, that was, you know, the beginning of the, the best part of my life, which, which at that point seemed like the worst time in my life. Um, that adversity that I went through going from a college kid that you know, was knocking on the NBA's door and I had mm. everything that you could think of at that time. You know, agents were seeking me out. I was on platforms. I, you know, people would just treat me like, like royalty because I went from being this guy that nobody heard of to, damn, this kid can really play and he's going to do well in the NBA to in an instant, it was all take, taken away by me tearing my ACL out here in Las Vegas during the NBA summer league time. And, um, I then went on my journey to, to play overseas. I played in a bunch of different countries all through Europe, Asia, South America, Central America. And in 2015, I, um, 2013, I thought I had an opportunity with the Sacramento Kings and I went to a mini camp and that didn't work out. I got cut first day on the, uh, on the court. And it wasn't that I wasn't able to play. It wasn't even my skills. It was, you know, me trying to be something that I wasn't what I was known for was shooting the basketball. So I spent all my time going to and put on a bunch of weight and get strong and get muscle. And now I couldn't shoot the ball because I had all this muscle. So mm. I stopped working on a thing that got me to where I wanted to be. And I wasn't prepared at that moment. So I got cut. Then it was, you know, he's too small. So i go gain weight. Wait, he's too big. He can't shoot the ball. So I go lose weight. And then, you know, I get uh, <laughs> to go play ball overseas and I come back and I just call my agent. And I said, dude, screw this, man. Like if it's, the, it's either the NBA or I'm not playing basketball again. He gives me a call. His he says, "Sam, if you go average, you know double digits and shoot forty percent from three, you're going to be a Phoenix Sun. You're going to be on that roster. I just need you to do it for ten games." And I didn't even make it to, to through the ten games. I got cut in training camp. And I called him. I said, "Dude." Don't call me no more. I'm done. I'm retiring this. I just can't take it anymore because who I started to become as a person, it was detrimental to my family. It was detrimental to the people around me because I had so much pain and resentment from the journey that I've accumulated over the, over the the prior six years from all the injuries and all the things that kept happening to me. And I had, I just felt alone. I felt nobody understood me, but in fact, there are many people that understand me just on a, on another side of the country, you in the UK, we're going through a, a, a scenario in your life that led you to drive for Uber. And then I'm all the way in the US and that led me to drive for Uber. So it, that, that thought process of nobody understands me, it's all false. But at that time, mm. I thought it was false and that nobody was going through what I was going through. And there was a sense of entitlement. There was a sense of, of, of pride and arrogance that I had because I've got to a place where, you know, with four, 450 some uh, spots in the NBA, I was supposed to have one. And when it didn't happen for me, I started to lash out in, in ways that were not really becoming of who I was as a person. I allowed my circumstances and the challenges to alter my my, my character. And that was something that I, I, I now learn on this side of the journey that it was necessary, but who I am as a person is not reflected by what I do, whether I sell real estate, I play basketball, or I drive Uber, I'm still a human, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. everybody else, you know, everybody's going through something, but I do know it could be far worse, it could be far worse. So uh, to fast forward, um, getting into real estate in 2016, I was driving for Uber and Lyft, and it was new to Las Vegas. So it wasn't a thing where I could pretty much go out and make money how they have Uber Eats and Grubhub and all these other things where you can continuously get rides. It was so new that I didn't have the opportunity to make as much money. So I drove all day and I made a hundred bucks so I could take my real estate exam. And on the fifth time, I got it. Once I got my real estate license, I had that moment that pretty much everybody has. Now what? I passed the test. Now, what the heck do I do? And there were no coaches or anything like that. I didn't have the, um, I didn't have the money to go to a Tom Ferry or Brian Buffini or anything like that. So, um, I just hit the ground running and my authors, they said, you should cold call, you should door knock, you should do open houses and contact your sphere of influence. So I just did that. And I found out it all sucked, but I liked Going out to door knock because I was out there alone and I was used to running on the street. I was used to uh, just being outdoors and I liked open houses because I like talking to people. So I decided to do those two things. And in my first year, uh, I had my first six figure year. I had $116,000 in gross commissions and I thought, you know, the world was going to change. My yeah. goal that year was, babe, when, when, when I get my real estate license, I'm gonna make six figures and all our problems are gonna go away. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I was thinking because I was yeah. negative. I didn't have a bank account. I had bad credit. And I wanted to give my wife a return on our on her investment because she believed in me when I was at the lowest point in my life. She charged her uh my MLS dues on her credit card. She maxed out her credit card so that I could be a part of the association. And I needed to get us out of debt, which you know, you know, the best way to get out of debt is to uh if you're digging a hole of debt, best way to get out is to stop digging, but she, she dug a little bit more. She took the shell dug a little bit more for me to get the MLS dues. Sure. And, um, it was the, the best decision that we ever made. I wouldn't change it one bit. And, uh, 2021, we, I did personally over 50 million. Uh, but as a team, we did closer, uh, upwards of like 65 million as a team together. My real estate team is a place where you can belong before you believe. So 2022, uh, whether there are new agents, experienced agents, we're going to do over 200 million, not including my production. Wow, wow, wow.
0: You went like, you went 100 mile per hour there, mate. <laughs> like, you went 100 mile per hour on this very small road and you're like going straight in. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's so good to kind of just see how you wrapped your story very, very quickly so people can kind of relate to what we're trying to say here. So, I mean, a few things that I picked from, you know, your story was no matter where you are in life, no matter the rejections and how life resent you, it, it was all about your personality. Who do you become? You know, and discovering that very, very quickly when this wasn't working for you in the right way. So, for example, there's so many injuries that you went through for six years, but you kept fighting. You kept, You kept fighting. You kept fighting. You knew... That, okay, this is not gonna happen, and you came out of it, and very quickly you got a job as an Uber driver. And from being an Uber driver, you wanted to become a real estate, you know, professional, you wanted to become a, a real estate expert, and now you've been able to do over 50 million dollars in sales. Now, let's very quickly talk through how did you deal with your anxieties? How did you deal with depressions? How did you deal with issues surrounding reproach, giving up? Because, you know, a lot of people would you know, stay where they were and not being able to adapt very quickly into something else while going through all these low moments, these down moments. What was your mindset like in how you transitioned very quickly? Because I know footballers, right? I know people who have skills like, you know, NBA player, basketballer, and, you know, because you grew up to become that. How did you deal with that mindset of this is not happening now? And now I've got to go and become a real estate expert. How did you manage to make that transition? I started working when I was 13
1: years old. I got my first job when I was 13. I worked at a grocery store pushing shopping carts. And from 13 until 19, I've always had a job. So... I understand the concept of work. My mother worked two jobs for twenty seven years on one and twenty nine on the other. so she worked two jobs. My sister, my older sister, she's seven years older than me, she had the entrepreneurial mindset where she would work a job and she would do hair on the side to make extra money. All I knew was work. All I've ever done was watch people go get whatever they wanted to get. and um the the the, the positive aspects of that growing that upbringing, it translates so well to sports, to life, to everything. So I've always understood what it felt like to have my back against the wall and have this is just what you do. Yeah. So if you if you fast forward from my childhood working a job, with and, and at that time, I was always taller than everybody else. I'm 6'10", and at that time, I graduated high school at 6'6", but I was not good in basketball. I played junior varsity. I played on the on on younger team, even as a junior in high school. So I was never really good. I was just tall. So me having to do something else because basketball didn't work out was always what I've done. And when you, when you play basketball overseas, you land in a different country, you sign your contract, you land there and there's a guy with a sign with, you know, it could be spelled wrong. It could you know, they may not even speak English and you just got to figure it out, <laughs> you know, until you get to the translator that can, that's going to help you. And you're riding in a cab for maybe two hours from the airport. And you get there with the team and it may be one other American. It may be two Americans or it could be four Americans. You don't know unless the the league, unless they tell you up front, like, hey, you want to have this amount of Americans on your team. But it's all this adversity in the beginning. You just get there and you just got to figure it out. So all of my life, it's just been about you got to figure it out.
0: Wow. 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 That's a good skill to have. That's a good skill to have because not a lot of people understand how to just figure things out. A lot of people sometimes do want people figuring things out for them rather than them figuring, you know, figuring it out themselves. So it's quite a fantastic skill that you had. So you was able to adapt by figuring things out and then make that transformation. So what well on you, my brother? So let's quickly dip into how was life like as a Uber driver? You know, what made you what? You've always had a job, but what made you then actually get a job as, as an Uber driver in order for you to make that final transition that has now obviously, you know, brought you into success in real estate? When I walked away from basketball, my wife looked at me and she said, well,
1: we, she was my fiance at the time. She said, Sam, um, I understand you've been living this rock star life for a while, but like you okay. got to do something like we, we, we need some money. So at that point, after money. I got hurt. Yeah. She's like, dude, where's where's the money? You know, she was she had a big girl job at that time. When we first met, she was 24 and she had already had a salary position in a company where she was starting her career. And here is me. You know, I'm out here traveling the world, living like a rock star, living out of a suitcase country to country. And now she's like, Sam, you got to get a job. So I went and got a job. She, She helped me build my resume because that's what she did for a living. My resume went out to a bunch of different companies. I got five job interviews. I went on all five and I got all five jobs and I just basically selected one. I went to Marcus and Miller chap and they said, "You're an athlete, we definitely want you. Are you okay with not possibly having a commission for the next 12 to 24 months?" I said, "I just went 18 months without a, without a paycheck. Absolutely not, so I'm not taking that job." And then the next one was Solar City. So, I went to Solar City. I'm in orientation, I get the job to sell solar, and this is my first time having a job like a job outside of basketball in 5 years, 6 years okay. at this point, or longer actually because I didn't work through college. And, um, when I'm sitting in orientation and the GM from the Phoenix suns called me and said, Sam, you know, are you in shape? We want to bring you back out. You know, you going to fly? We, are you available? Are you in shape? And I said, yes. He said, we're going to fly you to Dallas to play on Saturday. So you're going to fly out Friday and you're going to play Saturday. Yeah. I hope you're in shape and you're ready. I called my buddy. I said, look, we need to go to 24 hour fitness right now. I need to, I need to get in shape. And I got four days to do it. I'm sitting yeah. in orientation. I quit the job in orientation, went up to the nice young lady that was teaching the class said, I just got a call from the Phoenix Suns. I got to go. Everybody was excited for me, man, that's crazy. You know, you, you, you look like you belong in the NBA, go get it. I flew out to Dallas to play on Saturday, got cut, was back in Vegas on Monday. It wrecked me. It literally ruined me. Cried on my wife's shoulder, kicked scream, angry at the world. I basically just went into a corner and I said, everybody leave me alone. And then that pressure of my wife wanting me to to do something, I felt that she gave up on me. Everybody gave up on me. So I needed something to do. And Uber was something where I wouldn't have a boss and I could just go do it on my own because to be quite honest, what me being in the job every single day to go into that orientation and being 6'10, 8% body fat being an athlete that's incapable of doing what I wanted to do, everybody looked at me like, dude, you don't belong here. Like, why are you not in the NBA? Why are you not playing basketball? You're wasting your height. So everywhere I went, I was just tormented with being an athlete or being a tall guy. And I'm tall for nothing because I'm, what are you doing working here? You're wasting your height. If I was your height, I would be in the NBA. And it would just tear me to pieces because they didn't understand on the inside. I want to be in the NBA. I'm giving this thing everything I got. And it's just not working out. But people never looked at me and understood that this guy's literally getting up at 4 a.m., going to the run the hills, working out uh, on the basketball court at 10. He's going to weight training at 12. He's going back again. Like I was doing that while I was riding for Uber just in case, just in case I did get another opportunity. I was still training. Yeah. And when when I got to the point where I was like, D- dude, this is enough is enough. I want to drive for Uber because this is, you know, in the car, at least I get to talk to people. I'm going to get my real estate license and I'm going to start passing out cards. I'm going to meet people and I'm going to pass out cards and I'm not going to drive for Uber again. Like that
0: was, that's, that's really how I got started. Wow. Wow. So you was driving Uber and you was basically passing out your business card that when you start doing your real estate, this is going to be your clients. (laughs) Wow. What a smart way. What a smart way to really, really kind of um, get started. I mean, my story was. My first sale came from an Uber ride. No way. Yes. Amazing. Like, that's absolutely amazing. You see, this is it. always convert, you know, things into opportunity, no matter what you go through in life, see the opportunity in them. And I always say this all the time. I say value opportunity, that's equal success, right? Sure. So you converted your first sale from your Uber driver. Right. Yeah. You was dri- driving the, you know, a rider and then you sold them a house, you know, and again, you knew you, where you was going to. You knew who you're going to become. And having that passion, having that, you know, strength to strive, you know, got you where you are. Man, well done on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So for me, similarly, I mean, my, my came from when I, when I lost my, I lost a business in Africa. I used to do oil and gas in Nigeria. I wasn't born and raised in England. I was born and raised in Nigeria. Having lived about 10 years in England, or about 10 or eight years in England, I decided to relocate back to Nigeria. And I started, you know, doing oil and gas transportation and I lost about 150,000 pounds in Nigeria in 2015. Then I relocated back to the UK and said, because I was just frustrated with whatever was happening in Nigeria. And that was what brought me back into UK. And when I came back, there wasn't anything that I could bounce my feet back onto. So the first Mm -hmm. I did was delivery with Amazon and Yodel. And I did that for a couple of months and I then moved on to driving with Uber. Then I drove Mm -hmm. with Uber for good two years. And again, my mentality at that time was, oh, I don't have a bus. I can do whatever I like, you know, but I ended up getting stuck in the job because I ended up driving about 150 hours a week, every single wow. week. I drove. When I see people say, "Oh, I'm just driving about just a little bit of freelance, free freelance," but I drove Uber beyond, you know, uh, you know, uh, beyond a freelance, beyond a full time. Because I call myself, I'm in whatever I do, I'm a little bit of an extremist. So in whatever I do, I go to the extreme. So even right now, in the last six years in property, especially when I gave up my Uber driving job in 2018. I basically did 180 plus hours in my business to wow. get to the level that I am in now. You know, you know, and I, I don't often we'll talk about it, but it's the truth. I spend the same hours I did as an Uber driver in my property business. And that's what's gotten me success. So for me, Uber was great, but again, it wasn't because I was doing 150 plus hours a week. I didn't have time for my kids. I didn't have time for my wife. It's just work, 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 and yeah, it's just how I'm built. But yeah. it wasn't fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun driving 150 hours a week. So I mean, I really connect to your story as well. So now let's talk about very quickly. So what exactly do you do in real estate now that you're quite very successful? I mean, I mean, fifty million. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's we're not talking about a million pounds here. You have done 50 million pounds sales. So are you in in the sales industry? Do you sell luxury homes? What is it exactly that you do and how do you help a lot of people?
1: So I personally, um, I run a team. We're a 13, 14 uh, person team that just does luxury real estate. We sell, we have a retail side of business where we sell luxury real estate. And in 2019, I kind of hit a wall and I said, you know, how can I go beyond this? And how do I, how do I do the same thing I'm doing, but get out of the rat race so that 20 years from now, I look back and I'm not sitting in the same position and, you know, I go, you know, whatever, whatever I retire or whatever I'm done. And I just go down as the the agent that's been in the business for 40 years. He sold a lot of homes, had a great book of business. And then I just die. I'm like, yeah. how do I make that not happen? <laughs> like, so I, um, I remember sitting in a continuing education class and they were going around asking people how long they've been in the business, how, who's been in the business less than one year, you know? of the room put their hand up, you know, who's been in the business, you know, uh, 10 years or more, you know, some people put up who's been in the business, you know, 40 years, they so on and so on. I'm like, man, I just, I just don't, that's not what I want. And how can I get out of that? So I started to my mentor who's been in the business for a while, but he's he's free as a bird. He, you know, goes to the Bahamas every other month. His, him and his wife have a yacht business. They have a, a catamaran business in, in, in the Bahamas and they they just enjoy life. But he still does, you know, he's the face of the brand and he, they're going to do 300 plus transactions, you know, five, five to 600 million. And it's like, dude, how do I do that? And he goes, you know, Sam, you have to figure out a way to help more people. You have to figure out a way to give money away. You have to figure out a way to make an impact on the people that are connected to you so that you can multiply your influence. And I said, well, how do I do that? And I started getting going down this rabbit hole of like, how can I provide value to more people? And when I started to build my team, it was about how can I help agents build a successful business and change their life? And then if they change their life and they tell people about what they've done, how can I be um, the, the catalyst for that? How can I, how can I be the one that changes the generations um, that are coming behind me, and te- and let them see that again. No matter where you come from, no matter your race, your ethnicity, your gender, um, your religious beliefs, no matter yeah. what, you know that all of this is possible for you. So we have a very diverse team, and I started I started with just that. So with my team, I'm going to. Ev- probably in the next six months, I want to be 100% out of production. And I'm only going to work by referral only to the people that I want to work with. So not every referral that I get, I don't manage myself, my team manages it. And I want to give them those opportunities. So it's not just about me making a bunch of money. It's about providing opportunities for them. And then they get to grow their business. Um, And they get to they get to do things that that are, that they want to do and help them achieve their goals. And then I have my coaching business where I teach agents that are not a part of my team or my brokerage, where I help them build a business, whether they're in another state, another city, no matter what, where I help them build a business and teach them from the beginning, because somebody may have told them about real estate. They watch the YouTube videos, or they see, you know, all these celebrities or influencers say, you got to get real estate. You got to get real estate, but they don't know how, And nobody really cares about them in particular. Everything is kind of a, you have to do this or you have to do that. So I created this coaching program to challenge this or that. What about the in-between? Who says that it had to be this way or that way? Who said that you have to do all these things? So that's what my coaching program is about. It's about helping whether you're a new agent, an experienced agent, or you're, or you're in sales. So we, we teach people how to sell better and how to go do the thing that they really wanna do. But sales is just a vehicle to help them get there. And then we have Lux Holdings. It's a holding company where we, we basically go to uh, clients that aren't a part of our retail business and we help them and say, hey, you may wanna sell your home, but you know you can't get top dollar right now with the condition that it's in. We can either repair it for you, basically give them a construction loan at zero interest and we list the property in our re- on the retail side. We either go to them and say, "Hey, we'll buy the property from you, and we'll either wholesale it or get it to, get it with one of our investor clients, or we'll buy it, or we'll, or we'll buy it ourselves, or we just list it on the retail side." We want to provide as many avenues to help people as possible. So whether you're an agent that's wanting that's in Las Vegas, and you want to join the team and, and grow, and we, we cover a multitude of things, not just sales, this is total life development and improvement. And each individual matters because they have their own, they have their own lives. So we have that, we have our coaching, and then we have the holding company where we're going to focus more on investments. And that's where in the next six to eight months, all of my
0: time is going to go. Wow. 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 There's a lot that you do. How do you, how do you manage to do so many things at the same time? Schedule. And it's constantly changing.
1: It's constantly evolving. We're, we're always figuring out like, you know, on this day, like what's the calendar? Like, so I set my calendar up uh, a week ahead of time, as many, as far in advance as possible. And I stick to it and I'm on the hour every hour and I'm, and I'm on time. I'm early for things and it's make sure that I'm struck. I'm structuring my day in a way where I'm not stretched too thin. And when I need to rest, I rest, when I need to go to work, I go to work. When I need to push, push beyond when I'm tired and push beyond fatigue, I push beyond fatigue. So on Thursday, me and my wife were going to Napa Valley. I'm leaving my phone and my laptop and I'm not working because it's in the best interest of my team and my clients and my coaches that I'm recharged and I'm going to deliver them what they what they expect, what they pay for to help them change their life. I can't pour from an empty cup. So everything that I do needs to be so that I'm operating in the in the in the best capacity possible, that I'm I'm on, I'm just I'm at my peak level as much as possible. I can't be perfect all the time, but I wanna do everything in my power to make sure that I'm available for them.
0: Wow. See, on this podcast, I've actually interviewed so many successful people and there's something that I keep finding out. And you just said it just now. You can't pour from an empty cup. Right. I want you to dig a bit deeper. What does that mean? Uh, There's
1: a reason why when you're on an airplane, they say, if shouldn't emergency happen, make sure you put your mask on first. Mm. Because if I pass out from lack of oxygen, now we both die. So if I'm the responsible adult, why would I abandon my child? Right. By dying, by not taking care of myself first, because my four year old baby, my 11 year old son or my two year old, should they pass out? And now I'm trying to get their mask on the plane, shaking and going down. God forbid this ever happens. But now I fail. And now one person gets their mask on and I can't help anybody because now I'm gone. Same thing in my business. If I'm, if I'm tired, if I'm burned out, if I'm, if I'm weak, if I'm, if I'm not spiritually connected, if my mindset isn't right, if my, if my family time isn't right, if my social life isn't right, these seven equities of life, this philosophy that I've built my, that I, that I built my life on. If any one of those areas start to fall below, below a five, then that radar starts to go off. The oxygen masses drop and I need to put mine on first. The seven equities of life is a philosophy that I built my life around. And it basically focuses on your mind, your body, your spirit, your uh, social life, your family, business, and money. And I rate myself on a scale of one to 10. And if I ever fall below a five, it's, it's that balance in that. Was, oh, wait. I haven't spent time with my family. Like what I gotta run over here, pick that up. Oh, I got it to about eight or nine. Oh, wait, my social life. I haven't hung out with my friends. Let me run over here. Let me pick this up. you uh, know, nope, get it to seven, eight. Oh, wait, my business. They feel neglected. Let me get over here to my business. Wait, I haven't balanced my checkbook. Wait, let me get over here. Let me get with my bookkeeper. Man, I haven't meditated a while. Let me get over here in my spiritual life and get to the church. Because wait, my mindset, I haven't done anything for my mind. Man, I'm getting a little fat. Let me get to the gym. So it's this constant juggle to make sure that and I hold myself accountable. And then the people around me hold me accountable to that. And I trust uh, a, a very small group of people with that. And I have to maintain that level of character and, and integrity to make sure that the things that are important, the main thing is the main thing that I'll always keep the main thing, the main thing.
0: Wow. 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 I love, I love how you deliver that because these are things that entrepreneurs always never, I mean, on the come up when you're, when you're getting started, sometimes that things that we somehow neglect, because we, we 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 neglect them and also when we're successful, we also neglect them. But it's so important to know that the spirituality, looking after yourself, but you know, balancing a few stuff, you know, around you know, around the seven points of how to to really build yourself up really strongly is so important. And it's just good to see that you have to first save yourself first before saving other people. And there's something I always like to say sometimes, I say a drowning man cannot. All right, help another drowning man when he's drowning. Yep. So and and that's success. Sometimes you've got to yep. go look after yourself first before helping someone. Whether it's marriage, whether it's relationship, friendship, you have to look first after yourself. If your cup is empty, what, what are you going to pour out of it? Nothing. Yep. You know, it's just so great to see someone as yourself come from a different perspective to just kind of you know knock it off the bottom and just you know it's just so amazing to just hear it. You know, so great. So. Now it's still in talking about real estate. So what did, does it really take or what did it really take in four years in literally less than four years to build a business that is doing over $50 million or that has done over $50 million in sales? People,
1: you have to be people driven. Um, and the more I surround myself with people, the more I can connect with people, um, the business will come. So it's, it's, Coming from a place of like, for I'll take my, my community, my subdivision that I live in, for example, they do community events. And one of the things that really bothers the people in my community is that no matter what they sell, if you sell something in the community and you come into the Facebook group, the community Facebook group and start soliciting, it annoys everybody. And I noticed that years ago when I was starting in a business, I would be put in people's Facebook group. Hey, this tall black guy is running around passing out flyers and knocking on doors in our community. And uh, we don't know who he is. And then over time, it started to be, hey, oh, that's just Sam. Sam's a real estate agent. or oh, oh, Sam's just doing this. And then as I started to earn money and I got into an affluent community, I started to realize that people don't want to be sold. Like that Ryan Serhant quote, people don't want to be sold, but they like going shopping with their friends. So I want to make a lot of friends. So as many times as I can go out and meet people, build relationships and, and, and make friends with people, the business will come. And when I first got my license, um, the broker at the time of that KW office, he told me, he said, Sam, he said, the agent with the most friends went. And I decided to take my community and make a lot of friends with my community. And they they asked me, Sam, so what do you do? I'm so glad you asked. It happens organically. So now they want to know what I do, not me forcing down their throat. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. When you go to sell your house list with me, it's completely different when it's Hey, how you doing? I see you have a golden doodle. Me and my wife, we have a golden doodle as well. We have a two-year-old. We got a four-year-old. We got an 11-year-old. Yeah, we walk our dogs at this time, at this time, and this is what we do, and this is who we are. This is where we come from, you know, and we built relationships that way. And over time, it's like, you know what, Sam, I got a referral for you. Yeah, they're relocating from California, and I told them that they should use you. I said they should be with a good person. I feel like you're a family man, you're you're a great guy and you know, you you didn't shove real estate down my throat. You waited for me to ask you and I and I appreciate that. That unconsciously has been the 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 foundation of our business over the last 6 years not driving sales down people's throat, but making a friend and allowing them to make the decision for themselves, being a person that is knowledgeable, respectful, a person of integrity and a person of character, a man of valor. So when I go out and I speak to people, when I meet somebody and I shake their hand, I'll look them in their eyes and I know that, the people that I'm supposed to work with, I will work with. And when the opportunity presents itself, I don't have to get ready because I'm already ready. I know exactly what's happening in my market. I know exactly where the people should go. I know about the schools. I know about the, the builders. I know about custom homes. I know about projects that are coming. Great coffee shops, great places to go, great places to hang out, the parks, the best golf courses, who they should speak to when they go to certain restaurants. I know the cocktail servers. I know the busters that bust the table to clean it. I know the people in the bathrooms at certain places that just that offer you mints and spray the cologne on you every person matters every person matters the business is what you do not who you are the people you need to know the people and find out who they are and then find out who you
0: are and then what you do it'll never come to question wow that's the way to say it. the people it's all about people and with yeah. people comes success and yes. with people come value production so I mean, one thing that I picked up from that is that not to, sh- basically, pe- people want to buy, but they just don't love to be sold to. So people embark on a relationship. People want to grow a relationship. Come relationship, come the profits. Come relationship, come the sale. Come relationship, comes, you know, the repeat business. Yeah, and, and there's something that I learned over the years. It says people buy from who they like and trust. Mm-hmm. All right? And sometimes, you know, business people don't understand. That it can't take time to build that relationship. It does take yeah. time to get those people to believe in you so they can like and buy and trust from, you know, because they trust you in the nearest future. So it's just good yeah. to know that relationship is one of the biggest key that you need to win. You need to survive in real estate. Now, for... For the U.S. market, obviously you're on the U.S. You're in the you're from the United States of America. I'm from the U.K. So, what is the what is the U.S. market like? What, I mean, you know, fifty million it's quite it's it's quite it's quite a large amount of money for for any 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 market. Dubai, mm-hmm. Nigeria. I'm originally from Nigeria, by the way. So Dubai, Nigeria, America, anywhere in the world, fifty million dollars a lot of money, you know. And it's not it's not someone's starting point. Right? When you're getting started, 50 million dollars is not just something that happens overnight. It happens, it happens over time. Now, what would you say made a huge impact in how you literally, apart from people now? So apart from work ethic, and apart from obviously you, you know, just being a go-getter, what would you say, right, helped you propel very quickly to 50 million in sales in real estate?
1: Great question. Great question. Knowledge, strategy, mentorship, and coaching. So my first year, you know, I made one hundred and ten. I made one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars my first year. And my second year, um, I just cripped over just over one hundred and fifty thousand. Third year, I made about two fifty. And and fourth year, I hit that. I hit that half a million. And what I started to realize is that everything that I was doing, it would be that that Elon Musk strategy. What am I doing that's working? What am I doing that's stupid? And then how can I improve the thing that's working while I eliminate the stupid stuff? So the people that I had around me, like my mentor, would just help me. He would be, Sam, did you do this? this? Did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm like, no. All right, come back when you do it. And I'll go, go meet with my mentor. Did you do it? No. All right, nothing to talk about. Come back when you do it. And then the things that I would do that I would have to do, like building a foundation with my database. Making sure that I had, uh, you know, systems and processes in place, learning how to build systems. Those types of things help me because a company, no matter or organization, no matter what you do, will rise and fall to the level of the systems that are put in place, and as I started to realize that I needed to invest more money into my business, I needed to hire people. You know, I needed to, I need, there are times when you have to go back to zero where, you know, I earn, I take that money that I earn and rather than go buy myself a nice watch or go buy myself something nice, I put it back in my business. And then I, and it grows a little bit more. Now I double that money. All right. Now I double it. Now, how can I take that and put it back into my business? All right. I do it again. The third time, like, you know what? I'm getting tired. I'm annoyed. I'm spending all this money on my business. I need something for myself. Ferragamo shoes. Perfect. <laughs> you know, I'll be the first one to tell you like I, I'm gonna reward myself for this journey because I could die tomorrow. And then what am I doing all this for? You know, right? so at least I'm gonna look yeah. good doing it. And then yeah. within 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 reason and with wisdom. So having great mentors, enjoying the journey, and then investing back into my business has been so impactful. Having the right coaches, I'm I'm now like. I'm, I'm joining coaching programs consistently. And actually, one of the quotes that I shared was from Napoleon Hill was that a, trait, a character trait of successful people, no matter what their calling is, is always seeking um, a specialized knowledge, no matter what the profession, job or business is. And I love that quote from Napoleon Hill because it's been a testimony to my life that everything that I do, uh, it's either I'm going to get the I'm either going to get the ability, the skill that is needed, or I'm going to find the person who right? So I don't, I don't always need to know how to do it. I need to find a person who knows how to do it. And then how can I multiply my business or expand my business by aligning myself with who not necessarily the, what to do because they know what to do. And now I can utilize my time doing exactly what I'm good at. And I can learn on the way. Now I can improve my business. I create more opportunities. I create more jobs for people. And, you know, it's about getting that specialized, specialized knowledge. And with my mentors and my coaches, they say, all right, Sam, now you're ready for the next level.
0: And then I just level up year after year. And that's the easiest way. It's the easiest way to do it. It's like, when I wanted to scale my brand, I went to find one of the best in the country, you know, here in the UK. And it's like, okay, I'm I'm doing property now, you know, and and I was sharing a lot of stories of what I'm doing and and, and I I needed to share that information. And at some point, I didn't know how to get information. I went to find someone who was already in the coaching and speaking industry to teach me how to speak and teach me how to coach people. You know, and that cost me a lot of money. But I made 20, 200 20, times, all right, yep. whatever I've made from it. And I was able to scale my business from literally a business that was just under half a million pound turnover to a group that's doing, you know, really great amount of, you know, turnover month in month out now. So it just goes to, it just goes to show that find someone else who is already doing what you're trying to do and ask them how they're doing what they're doing and doing it yep. correctly and learn from them. Simple. Yep. I say this all the time, success is easy, but the thing is easy. It's not easy. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's, just do this thing. <laughs> this thing <laughs> may be hard to do, but all yeah. you got to do is that. Because it leaves clues, isn't it? Success leaves clues. And there's something else that I always love to say is success is common sense. But the biggest problem is that common sense isn't common. Because people just focus on what isn't working rather than focus on what works. So I've got a few, like, I, I work with a lot of people as well. And sometimes people ask me, why are you getting so much resort? I'm like, because I'm trying to make an, you know, a lot of people make comp- uncomplicated issue complicated. So for me, I find things that are uncomplicated and I just get it done. Even if they're complicated or uncomplicated, I still make them uncomplicated, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Because it's all about making hard things simple. Simplify a process, master that plan, go at it, and keep going at it. and keep going at it. And this is one thing I learned when I read the book called Compounding Effects. So it's all about Mm -hmm. compounding. You just keep compounding your effort day in and day out. You keep compounding. And one day you look back and you're like, How the how did I get here?
1: Yes. I've had that so many times. So many times I'm like, dude, I look up and I'm standing at at a team meeting and I'm looking at all these people and I'm like. (laughs) they're waiting for me to say something <laughs> and I'm running the meet. I'm like, man, I like, God really blessed me with this platform to have, you know, 80,000 followers across these two platforms and on Instagram. And, and I am literally responsible for all this. And this is the amount of money that I earn from, from just helping people. And I'm on, I'm at the foundational level where I am right now. Earning seven figures is the lowest. This is the lowest part of the journey that I feel like God has taken me on. Like there's no, I haven't even remotely hit the tip of the iceberg. And I know that millions of people will be impacted by my story. And it's, and it's, it's incredible to see like, man, I used to drive for Uber. I was making a hundred dollars a day driving for Uber. Like I had no bank account. I'll never forget. I was driving. um, There's a street here. I was, I was making a right-hand turn on a street um, uh, called Ford Apache here in Las Vegas. And I was driving a, a 2005 Chevy Impala. It smelled like cigarettes and it had holes in the back seat. <laughs> and I made the right-hand turn and the spoiler on the back of the car flew off. And I remember looking in the mirror and cars are swerving and blowing the horn at me. And I just started laughing because I said, it can't get no worse than this. No. Like this, <laughs> Where I'm at right now, th- this sucks. But you know what? Only up from here. And, I, and I've constantly reminded myself to stay grounded, to know that like I've gotten to this point and I'm responsible for all this stuff. And so many people look, at, look up to me and, and I just got to keep going. I got to keep going because somebody else's call is connected to my manifestations. Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes is the world is moaning and groaning for, for your manifestations. Like somebody is going to be life-changing. Like there's no Viola Davis without Oprah. Yeah. Like Oprah doing what she did gave Viola Davis that platform to be who she is as a black woman. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's no Denzel Washington. Like we can go on and on and on without mm-hmm. the, yeah. like we have to do, we have you and I both have duties to be successful, to build ginormous businesses because the people that are coming after us, their lives are predicated on our success. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful and so impactful. And when you look at it that way, the money is more insignificant than, than anything else. Now it's not, it's not the most important thing, but it's important. You know, because we, we need the money to to, yeah. to finance all this stuff. I got, you know, to, to create these opportunities. But yeah. the people, the people are so important. The people that are coming after us are so important.
0: Absolutely, and absolutely. And this is one of the things that I love, I, you know, I love when I, when I connect with, you know, most of my speakers on a deeper level, especially when we share one, common thing which is you know which is to inspire which is to to help other people to share that listen it is possible me and you ordinary people transition to becoming extra super extraordinary and you're very right where you are now is basically the foundation level and i said the other day i was having a chat with someone and i said the success i think i have now it's crumbs on the floor compared to where god is taking me to yeah. because in order to be successful you need a lot of energy you know, and once you've got the once you've got lots of energy, right? The rest is almost like a piece of ice cake because you need energy, you need you need motivation, you need consistency, you need to inspire yourself every single day, day in and day out. So it's just great to see, like, once upon a time, not too far ago, just less than six years ago, you was a taxi driver, hundred dollars a day. Now you control you control and. M- you control a business that's doing over 50 million with a massive, massive team doing 65 plus millions in sales. So it just goes to show that anything is possible as long as you keep your heart to it. You know, again, we pray, don't we? You're a godly you're a godly man. I'm a godly man. It's not about my perfection, but it's about the consistency in obviously having that deeper level conversation with the maker day in and day out, and you know, just becoming your overnight success. So Success to me is that in the end, your little efforts that you make on a daily basis compounds towards where you would see yourself to become in a couple of years, By you look back, you're like, how did I get in this room? But it did not happen overnight because there's no such thing as overnight success. Yep.
1: Absolutely,
0: man. Great. So it's been an amazing pleasure having you on this podcast. So just before we go, I just want to ask you, what would be that one tip right now, right? If anyone that's listening on this podcast wants to make that mindset shift, all right, to get into real estate, to become something, because it's possible that people can build multi, multi-million pound businesses in two years, in three years, but we are in an industry that's quite very difficult. Real estate isn't easy, but how can an ordinary guy like you go so quick in less than six years to doing six, you know, 50 plus million pounds, sorry, dollars, million dollars, not pounds. I'm I'm thinking I'm in England. How does an honorary guy like you, all right, and how can an honorary guy like now listen to what we've just said? How can they begin to make that shift in their lives? Be curious. I believe that curiosity leads to adventure
1: and adventure leads to inspiration. And what I mean by that is uh, two things will change a man, inspiration and desperation. Both will get you to move. If you're inspired, you go, you get to move. If you're desperate, you have to move. I would encourage yeah. you to to go inspiration, and at a point where you just feel like I'm desperate to make something happen, try to find a way to be inspired, whether it's from me, whether it's from you, or somebody. Find a level of inspiration and focus on that. All your all your time, all your energy, and that compound effect of of going forward. That's all you need to do. Find that inspiration and be curious. Ask, ask questions. What, what would happen if I dedicated the next six months to real estate? What would my life look like if I spent the next 12 months knocking on doors, asking people if they wanted to sell? What if I spent the next 18 to 24 months of my life dedicated to one thing and I just worked. And no matter what anybody told me, no matter what anybody said to me, they could not change my mind because I know that this thing is going to happen. And everything that I surround myself with and put into my life with the food that I eat, the things that I listen to and the people that I surround myself with. What if I did that for 18 months? What would my life look like? That, that's the level of inspiration that I would go back to. If I had to start all over again, I would be encouraged by the possibilities of what could be, not what is right now.
0: Wow. Great. So thank you so much, man, for really breaking this down. Absolutely. What would that six months be like? What would that 12 months be like? What would that 24 months be like? Mm -hmm. You heard it from my man. Sam Coleman, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Wealth and Business Podcast. I can't really wait to see you in the United States soon, and I also I can't wait to kind of do women I do, do more collaborations with yourself. You know, I know you're a busy guy and you've spent an absolute hour with us on this show. I really want to say massive thank you for being here for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your knowledge, and I can't wait to see you again, my brother. Thank you so much. Is there any final words? How can people reach out to you? How can you help people who are in the U.S. right now or even people in the U.K. relocating to the U.S.? How can you help them? How can they reach out to you? Awesome. them. So uh, anybody
1: can add me on all social media at the Sam Coleman. And if you want to know more about what we do and how we help people uh, here in the U.S., even across the world, go to Coleman.com. And uh, you, I'm always trying to engage with people. Send us a DM you know, I want to help as many people as I possibly can. And uh, I do that through connecting with people. So add me on social, uh, follow us on, get, get with us on YouTube, check out some videos. And then, um, like I said, go to
0: the fantastic thank you so much for that so guys it's been an absolute pleasure of having this amazing guest all the way from the united states of america so guys don't forget we're really really super fired up we're hoping and we're working hard everything is going to be good for our upcoming wealth and business summit plus our wealth and business property awards where we're going to be you know you know recognizing people who are striving who are winning in the property industry so make sure to look out of uh, make sure to look out for all our informations so you can connect with us and looking forward to seeing you soon guys take care if you've found this episode really really useful Make sure to share this with a friend of a friend. If I can do it, if Sam can do it, anyone who's listening right now looking to make that shift in your career to becoming an extraordinary success, you too can do it. So looking forward to seeing you guys. Take care. Have a fantastic day. Bye.